Blog Talk Radio. You have tuned in to Debt Free Wealth Radio. Trudy Beerman here. If you're listening in on your mobile phone, on the web, or through iTunes podcast, welcome. Our website is debtfreewealth.org. We invite you to come on board as we explore all things money that ultimately leads to helping those who desire it delete debt, build wealth, and protect family assets. Today's discussion comes from the category of building wealth, and the topic is whatever it takes, overcoming the hurdles to success. It has been said that it takes 20 years to become an overnight success. Being lucky has very little to do with it. The fact is, success is not a statistical matter of luck. Success is more likely to be achieved with a systematic approach to success. That moment when preparation meets opportunity is the same moment many onlookers assume is luck. So what will it take to bring your breakthrough to success? If you've had success in the past, what will it take to carry you to the next level? Forget the onlookers who assume you have success because of what they see. I'm talking about that personal sense of accomplishment, that feel-good feeling of being successful. Quality of life experiences happen beyond the foundations of needs simply being met. Quality of life experiences or the sensation of success tends to happen in the areas of your life where growth and contribution happen. What will it take to have this? What are you willing and ready to do to move you closer to experiencing this reality? Stay with us as we explore this further. Over this weekend, the content of this show will be uploaded to our blog site, endmoneyproblemsnow.com. And those of you who pop over to endmoneyproblemsnow.com will be able to download our free giveaway of an ebook titled How to Dominate Your Fears and Phobias. Now, I'm 46 years old, and I have never failed an academic test in my life. When I was in the fifth grade, I confidently handed my report card to my parents because all my grades were A's and B's. Within moments, I got a spanking from my mother. Yes, back in those days, that was fine, and there would be no DCF coming to knock on our door. You know, I just couldn't understand her rantings as she punished me. She kept pointing to a comment mentioned by my teacher that read, Trudy can do much better. Much better? I spent the next few years resenting my mother, convinced that nothing I did was good enough for her. And who the heck was that teacher having the nerve to say I could do better? What did, why did that cause my mother to erupt on me? I just didn't get it. As some background information to this, both my parents have earned the orders of distinction for their service to the nation from the government of Jamaica. Well, that pattern of mediocrity seemed to continue in my life because in college, my professor called me into her office. She looked at me for several moments before speaking, and when she did, what she said is burned into my brain almost verbatim because of, because of how much it stung. 
she said to me, Trudy, you can do better. You are without doubt the top student in my class, but it is my opinion that you're just giving just that much better than whom you think is your nearest competitor. I propose to you that your biggest competitor should be yourself because in this group, you have no equal. You're not delivering your personal best. What you should do is deliver your very best, then on the next go-around, do better than your last best effort. Well, I have a confession to make. Her, her comment irritated me so that when my marriage was spiraling into failure, the first thing I did was leave the program. The pending divorce gave me a legitimate exit, so no one would point a finger to say I just quit. My departure would have been shrouded in sympathy for the poor woman struggling with a failing marriage who understandably could not keep it together. Now, I may be the only person on the planet to do that, offer an excuse to hide my real reason for not hanging in and giving it all I've got. The divorce and quitting the program were two separate life issues. I just used the events of one to confuse and distract from the other. Am I the only person on the planet guilty of that? Have you ever used the excuse that you were in excessive traffic to justify why you were late for an appointment when in reality you darn well knew you did not organize your fanny early enough to walk out the door on time? No. Somehow I don't think I'm the only person on the planet guilty of blaming my lack of success on something else. Well, it so happens that I have a son that somehow, despite me, and despite being the product of a dysfunctional broken home, lived a life of absolute excellence. I must admit that I had the privilege of observing excellence from close up with this child. My son, John, poured his energy into elementary school, and from day one, he was at the top of his class. I started collecting his certificates and ribbons and stored them in a box. Sure, I was proud every time he got one, but after a while, he got so many. I actually started selecting the ones I would keep and threw out some of the others. In fact, his delivery of excellence was so consistent that it set the standard of expectation. And soon, the only way he got the, pack on, the pat on his back from me that he so craved was when he outdid himself. So, okay, guys, it's okay to boo me here for seeming to be the mom who did not praise my son every time he brought home a trophy. But you have no idea just how many this kid got. I can tell you he set his standard and he delivered it consistently. And soon that standard became ordinary in the family. Yet my elementary school child craved that attaboy so much he found a way to outdo himself enough to keep getting our attention over and over. Never underestimate the power of recognition. I believe people will work harder for recognition than for money. Maybe if my mom looked on my mediocre grades and encouraged me, I might have pushed harder instead of resenting her and proving that she was right. I don't know, maybe. Anyway, when my son graduated elementary school, he received an award for outstanding academic performance from the office of the then President Bush. No other president, to my knowledge, has offered this award before nor since. 
In middle school, I braced for a repeat of his older sister's performance. She, too, was a principal honor roll student in elementary school, but by the time her hormones kicked in, so did her distractions and the grade plummeting. Because I still remembered how crushed I was at my mother for carrying on about my grades, I never harassed my children about grades. I encouraged them, but never berated them if their grades were less than stellar. Well, in middle school, he did it again. On exiting middle school, my son once again earned the presidential award from the office of President Bush for outstanding academic achievement. In high school, the excellence continued. If you know anything about the IB program, then you know it's an accelerated program that includes the AP or advanced placement level courses and more. By the time my son was ready to exit high school, not only did he have the equivalent of an associate's degree in terms of the amount of college credits he had, but he also had a 7.2 GPA, and that probably would have been higher if during his high school years he was not also co-captain of the football team, on the school band, in school student government, volunteering for the student Susan Coleman annual race, ranking in Civil Air Patrol, and more. Now, my son went on to qualify for a full academic scholarship to Stanford University in California. And today, at age 19, he is in his third year and still achieving record grades. When my son hit Stanford University, he was among other students like himself, and the competition once again caused him to step up his game. Now, I didn't tell you all this just to brag about my son but to show that a life dedicated to consistent delivery of excellence is possible. While watching my son, it finally clicked why these teachers were saying I was under-delivering. They could see it. I was satisfied with mediocrity. I got good enough grades to be recognized in the top, but I failed to deliver my best, and somehow that was also obvious. So what will it take to overcome the hurdles to success? How do you step out of the realm of mediocrity or worse? Have you just started a new business, ministry, or network marketing opportunity and wonder what it will take to achieve success? Have you been struggling with your weight and despite several efforts have not yet accomplished your health goals? Do you feel as if there's a glass ceiling and although you can see what's up at higher levels, you feel stuck trying to get there? What does it take to overcome the hurdles to success? Well, that is a question that can only be answered if you ask it of yourself. If you simply listen to this show, you will not get your answer. The real question is, what will it take for you to overcome your hurdles to success? The one thing about Debt-Free Wealth Radio is this education remains generic. Hopefully, we deliver enough value and content that you can apply it to your circumstances and begin to design your unique answer. Of course, sometimes it's useful to have professional help, a coach, a team to which you're accountable, you know, because very few of us are able to keep promises to ourselves. So let's dive into some of the strategies to overcoming the hurdles to success. Depending on where you are in your life or business, not all these strategies will apply to you. And some may even be where you need to focus on more than others. So here's, here, are, here are 10 strategies that have worked for me and others that I am aware of. One, have a positive mindset. Two, create a dream book. Three, build in measurement markers. Four, identify a mentor and study them. 
Five, evaluate your friends and mind feeders. Six, read. Seven, embrace the butterflies. Eight, leverage and ladders. Nine, urgency. And ten, my easy strategy. So let's dig in. Number one is have a positive mindset. Without question, the first thing you must address is your mindset. You may not have control over your circumstances, but you do have control over your reaction and responses to it. Your reaction and responses will be influenced by your mindset. I don't know if this will help you, but I have found that when I say my mantra to myself several times a day, it keeps my mind positive. I remind myself constantly that I am blessed. I tell myself that I'm successful and becoming more successful every day. I totally believe that, and that truth manifests itself in my life. If you focus on being blessed, you can hardly maintain a negative mind. What is the talk in your head? If the conversation is in, if the conversation in your head is like, oh, Ron, you're such a loser, why bother, you'll only fail again, then you need to change your inner talk. Suppose instead the mind talk was, okay, Ron, this didn't quite work out as planned. You're now one step closer to figuring, what, figuring out what will work. Now review what did work, and tomorrow we'll pick this up again and build on that. Same Ron, same circumstances, different outlook and response. Number two was to create a dream book. Now, I recommend that this be a tangible project. Many people use Pinterest or some online site to post their dream pictures. But if you have a tangible notebook or album that you can have and have it with you at all times, and the process of cutting and pasting and touching, I think it brings a sense sense of a closer proximity because you can literally reach out and touch it. Now, a dream book is not the same as what happens with time wasters who live in the if-only world. So if you're disabled, for example, uh, is, or hold on, sorry. A, a dream book is not the same as what happens with time wasters who live in the if-only world. So if you're disabled, for example, find a picture of an athlete with your disability who has conquered their challenge. If you want a new car, cut and paste in the picture of the exact model you see yourself driving one day. The key here is see yourself in that thing, in that body, in that car, in that house, on that beach. Your dream book is a place to put visual aids to your what-if life roadmap. So not the if-only life, but the what-if life. Number three was to build in measurement markers. What does success look like to you? If you're measuring success in money, then you need an accounting system to keep track of your project, of your progress. If you're measuring success in the number of followers or customers, then you need a way to track that. When I head out from Tampa and head uh, and enter on the I-75 highway at exit 265 towards Pembroke Pines, I know that, that I, I will exit that highway at exit 9. So I have 256 miles to go, and every exit I pass is a marker towards how close I'm getting to my ultimate goal. The dream book is your ultimate goal, and you need to come up with the mile markers that will help you know how far you are along your way towards that goal. Number four was identify a mentor and study them. Now, there's a difference between being a fan of something and being a student of it. Every successful person out there has a mentor or mentors. 
Some of them they know personally. Some of them they know from studying them. A mentor helps you with the how-to of the journey. So your dream book is the ultimate destination. Your mile markers help you track your progress, but your mentors show you how it could be done. Now, I'm a student of Jesus. I read the Bible not to check it off as my good deed for the day, but to visualize and absorb what I read. I'm a student of Tony Robbins. I seek out and devour everything he produces. I read his books. I've been to a seminar. I watch his videos. I'm not a fan of Tony Robbins. I'm a, I'm a student of Tony Robbins. To some degree, I also study Ray Higdon, Mark Hovison, Eric Worre, and several others. You see, they have succeeded at something that I'm doing, but they have done it to standards I'm yet to achieve. I implement as I go, and for the most part, I bring a lot of that back to you in the content of Debt-Free Wealth Radio. I'm not sharing things I hear about. I'm sharing things I do and believe in. Number five is evaluate your friends and mind feeders. If every day you hear that you're a loser from the people around you, if all your friends are broke and have no plans to change that, if all you watch is junk TV, chances are you're feeding your mind with junk. Junk in, junk out. When my children took naps, I would put on classical music or science or history as a, as a, as a background noise. I deliberately guard my mind. In fact, I learned a neat trick that absolutely works for me when people try to be negative or nasty. If someone came up to me and said, you're stupid or that won't work or they, you know, they say something that they think will put me down, I immediately put a confused look on my face, begin to look around me over each shoulder, up, down, and then I scratch my head with that confused look on my face and I ask, um, who are you speaking to? Because the person you're, you're talking about or referring to is not here. So maybe you should see a doctor to make sure you're not schizophrenic, you know, talking to people who no one else can see. You know, that usually works. Repeat that a time or two, and soon that negative person will realize they can't rock you. Choose what you allow in and deliberately block the negative stuff. Number six was to read. Read, 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 read. What are you reading? I have a monthly subscription to Success Magazine. I make a point of reading my Bible daily, and most times I can check that off as a done deal. I read books like The Slight Edge from Jeff Olson, trade publications on the skill sets I'm working on, and more. Sometimes I get through these books in audio format. In fact, that's my favorite way to go through the Bible. Faith comes by hearing, according to Romans 10:17, and I truly believe that hearing uplifting things builds faith in yourself. Hearing audiobooks is also a great way to build that subliminal message of power to your mind. Number seven was embrace the butterflies. Have you ever had the feeling of butterflies in your stomach? Think about those moments. I guarantee they were defining moments in your life. Did, they, did you get them just before a test? Did you get the butterflies before going on stage, before delivering that report? Rather than shy away from those experiences, embrace them. It is the paradox of experiencing a bit of fear and a high all at the same time. The daredevils of this world have an obsessive love with this experience, and they live to create it. Now, I'm not suggesting you engage in any life-risking activities, 
but it is risk takers that make a mark on society. They are the the blade that um they're the ones that go on into uncharted territory and blaze the way for the rest of us more timid folks. Regardless, there are levels of risk and risk is necessary to move out of your comfort zone and into the realm of success. Bodybuilders cannot build muscular bulk without pushing their bodies to the point of micro-muscular tears. Embracing the discomfort that comes with growth is the way to step outside of your comfort zone to experience that next level beyond where you are right now. Number eight is leverage and ladders. Leverage and ladders is where you get a lot of mileage. You get, you're not likely to reach the roof of your house safely without using a ladder. Um, ladders, it's just a term I, you know, I use. I, I use the term ladders to suggest a structural implement that helps move you up. Now, that could be a new certification course. It might be a new piece of software that streamlines, streamlines your systems efficiently. It might be at the seminar that you need to attend. Leverage, on the other hand, is even more wonderful than a ladder. Leverage allows you to use what you already have. Instead, That may of itself not be enough, but can be leveraged to achieve more. For example, if you have a list of customers that you have serviced, you may be able to leverage that list with a joint venture partner to achieve more. Now, this is a standard practice of the successful leaders. Successful leaders cross-promote each other because that creates an even bigger audience for both of them. It's a win-win. If you personally knew the president of an organization, for example, you might be able to leverage that personal relationship into a contract for your business. So what is in your hand? What is already available to you that you're not using or using effectively to create leverage or ladders? I cannot tell you how many times I've realized too late that I have duplicated a purchase simply because I did not fully explore all the features of something that I already bought, the ladder that I already had and failed to use. Number nine is urgency. Now, I'm not an arm twister, and I never plan to be. I'm busy about my business, but I'm ready to help you get busy with yours, especially if we're on the same team working towards the same goal. In my earlier years in corporate America, I was the event project coordinator for Air Jamaica Airlines. And the benefit of representing a national airline is we were often the largest named sponsor or the originator of the largest events on the island. I coordinated the first economic summit where Johnny Cochran was our keynote speaker way back in 1997. I also coordinated the inaugural and follow-up, now internationally famous, Jazz and Blues Festival. Working with others is not easy, especially if you're not all on the same page. And that experience taught me that when it comes to my business, I am not going to overfunction to give others permission to underfunction. Be urgent about your goals, and that urgency will translate into others respecting your time. When are you going to overcome your hurdles to success? Tomorrow? Well, I want to bet some of you said that yesterday. My mother always said that those who promise with no delivery is like a rain cloud with no rain. If not now, when? Tick-tock, tick-tock, tick-tock. If you tarry for another five years, 
Whether you spend it on your fat, lazy derriere or you move your tush quickly, the time will still go by. Five years from now, will you be singing the same sad song or will you be closer to the life of your dreams? Number 10, use my easy strategy. I'm going to give you my easy strategy for approaching almost everything I do. The easy strategy can completely be achieved if you're part of a mastermind group working towards your goal. EASY is actually an acronym that I came up with that stands for Encouragement, Accountability, Strategy, and Yippee! E is Encouragement. Encouragement enhances inspiration and drive. For the most part, I get that from my very awesome husband, my current husband, my my soulmate, (laughs) the man who fixed me. For the most part, I I get that from my very awesome husband who is so supportive of me. But I also have an incredible family and wicked cool friends. Sometimes I seek counsel from teammates or experts who have walked the path before. A is for accountability. There must be a way to measure your progress. Sometimes that means including a coach, maybe a personal trainer. Sometimes that includes having an external audit or comparing your progress to a map or a checklist. S is for strategy. You must actually have a plan. If you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Strategy is key for working smarter, so all your hard work does not become circular, but builds momentum and builds on that momentum. Y is for yippee. Yippee is just another way of saying celebrate your successes. I strongly encourage celebrating the little successes along the way, not just the big milestones. So if today your little success was to get through the day without spending $1, celebrate that. If today you did not deviate from your healthy eating plan, celebrate that. If today you got one new lead for your business, celebrate that. The more yippies that you create, the more empowered you and your team will feel. And that, my friend, creates some serious feel-good feelings. So let me just run through that list really quickly again. The 10 strategies that have worked for me and for, for many others that I'm aware of. One, have a positive mindset. Two, create a dream book. Three, build in measurement markers. Four, identify a mentor and study them. Five, evaluate your friend friends and mind feeders. Six, read, seven, embrace the butterflies, eight, leverage and ladders, nine, urgency, and 10, my easy strategy, which stands for encouragement, accountability, strategy, and yippee. All right, so how will you apply these 10 strategies in your life? What will it take for you to overcome your hurdles to success? Now, join us next week on Debt-Free Wealth Radio. Our topic will be Discover the 90-Day Blitz Strategy to Improve Your Blank. You fill in the blank. Discover the 90-Day Blitz Strategy to Improve Your Blank. 90 days from now, will you just be 90 days older? Many programs and opportunities now sport a 90-day promise to improve your life or your business in some way. Many successful entrepreneurs can point to a 90-day window in their life that launched or created the momentum for their current success. And more and more teams are jumping on the 90-day plan bandwagon. The secret sauce, though, is not that the strategy runs for 90 days, but how the 90-day focus is spent. 
if you agreed with the content of today's show, whatever it takes to overcome the hurdles to your success, then may I suggest you consider acting on that decision and check in with us next week and learn how to, how the 90-day blitz works and how you can use the 90-day blitz to create the equivalent of the full throttle effort to power your blank off the runway and create altitude in your flight to the next level. So join us next week. So did we do it? Did we deliver value to you today? If so, I really would appreciate you giving me some love in return in the form of clicking the like button and following our show. If you have a product, service, or opportunity that helps others delete debt, build wealth, and protect family assets, follow our show, then send us a request to be a guest on Debt-Free Wealth Radio, and we will contact you to discuss if and how we can make this happen. Thank you, Trudy Behrman here, Debt-Free Wealth Radio. I look forward to seeing you next week.